Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Life Coaching. This is Noelle today hosting, and one of the most important elements of our coach training program is our instructors. And so today, we're going to speak with Kerry Hornsby all about the way that bias shows up in our worlds as humans, as coaches, and what we can do about it. Sir, hello. Good morning, Noelle. It's so great to be with you on the podcast. Uh, I so look forward to to talking with you today. Indeed. So uh, given that I don't get a chance to hang out with my friends anymore, we're just going to do podcasts and that's how we're going to go. <laughs> I love it. I love, I'm all for it. Um, as you know, you're, you're one of my favorite people. So, um, you know, any chance we had to connect, I am, I am game. Likewise, likewise. So, um, Today, I'm, I'm grateful that you're here to discuss this topic with me because you are so much more competent and well-versed than I am in the way that bias works, cultural competency, and how you know it shows up for us as humans and as coaches. So please tell us, who are you? Um, what do you do? And why do we need to listen to you? Well, thank you, thank you so much for that, uh, that that your generosity, Noel, in that. And you know, I'm a, I'm a like many of us, I'm a lifelong learner uh, in this in this regard. Um, my name again is Kari Hornsby, and I've been in international relations leadership roles uh, for the past 15 years. Um, I'm also a trained yoga asana instructor, and I've been an avid social dancer for the last 15 years. And the reason I say this. Is because they have one thing in common for me, and that's connection. Connection mm-hmm. to self, connection to others, um, energetically, physically, culturally. Um, and when I really began to plug into uh, to relationships and connection, um, I feel like my life just took on a new dynamism. Um, and so it's just become a passion of mine to share that, to help cultivate it within others, um, to bring it to our communities. Of you know to our relationships, um, to our work, to our work. One place where a lot of times we seem to, uh, society is given this notion that we have to check our connectedness in at the door as we go into our professional lives. And so it's just a passion of mine and something I enjoy sharing with the Lumia community and in my own uh, life and, and practice. Yes. And that's a huge part of what Lumia does is to assist folks with bringing humanity and connection into their worlds, whether you're working as a coach, as an entrepreneur with your own clients, whether you're a parent seeking more connectedness with your children, whether you're at work seeking to understand different uh, cultural responsiveness levels, different intergenerational factors. Um, So thank you for being a part of our community. And can you share with us um, what you teach for us here at Lumia? Uh, of course. Yeah. So um, the, the, what I'm responsible for presenting and sharing is uh, content on unconscious bias and connecting across cultures. There's a great story about how you came to 
get started with us in that role. And actually as the, the content creator of the course, would you like to share? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, um, and, and, and I think this is, um, um, you know, again, um, you know, part and parcel with why I love the Lumia community so much, you know, and why it's, and very frankly speaking, I know in, in, in the U.S., we, we, we tend to use a lot of hyperbole and everything is awesome. Everything is great and everything is, is, uh, is change making. But in a very sincere and grounded way, um, you know, why Lumia has been so important for my progression uh, as a human being over the years, um, is the fact that it's a living organism and it, it grows along with its community. And as I was in my cohort and getting my certification through Lumia, for life coaching, um, and as we're tackling certain things, is you know intersectional identity and mindfulness and uh, and, and 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 trauma um, trauma informed coaching, um, I saw certain gaps where um, in, in in speaking with my uh, with the other Lumia community members, where perhaps there could be some um, some space for teaching in and around um, culture and unconscious biases and how that can sometimes interfere with the marriage between um, our intent and our impact, right? Which is so important for us as coaches is that we, um, is, is, is that's clearing that space between our, our, our good and positive intent and our ultimate impact on our clients and our communities. And I had this conversation with you, Noel, and, um, and, and, and was so grateful um, when you, when you said, you know, I've been thinking about these things. Like this is something that's been so important for me. And what I did not expect, what I did not expect was for you to challenge me and say, how about you create what you'd like to see? Um, and, and that was such a, um, um, I, I think again, um, uh, really telling of your spirit, the spirit that's created with Lumia, but also, um, you know, you, you coached me, right? You, you know, you, 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 positively and affirm me in stepping into um, a, a, a challenge and in, in, in pushing my my, uh, my 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 possibilities and uh, here we are <laughs> here we are and and you are being way too generous with your description of what happened so here's what really happened everybody. <laughs> um, so something went down in class and there was a pretty bad uh, microaggression that took place and um, it needed to be addressed. And Kari called me and said, this needs to be addressed. And essentially the program needs to do better. And I said, I know, here are all of the reasons uh, why I'm not capable of doing this. You seem a lot more capable than I am. Can we partner? Can we get this done? And you stepped up to the plate and took the helm. And right at that time, when we were starting to talk about how do we teach unconscious bias to students. Um, that was right around the time when George Floyd was murdered and the whole world got turned upside down. And so the reason that this became vital for us to get right suddenly was amplified. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. It, the, the class itself that we developed is a unique piece of curriculum that was created by you, a world-class expert, um, you know, at the intersection of 
cultural responsiveness and unconscious bias with a heavy lens into you know how white supremacy culture shows up and and what we all need to take away you know from it as humans so i owe you a tremendous debt of gratitude um what is it like in your classroom what do you experience as an instructor you know the experience is is so interesting uh, noel and, and it's why i appreciate the classroom experience so much is it's just the dynamic nature of it the the shades and the hues and, and and that we move through because at the beginning, I think a lot of times it's so important that we root these conversations um, because you know oftentimes when um, you know just to be you know, you know speaking frankly, right? When we hear culture and we hear bias, I think immediately people tend they stop breathing, right? Um, they begin to they begin to worry about you know in some ways their own psychological safety. Right? Am I going to be called out? Am I going to be, you know, what's going to happen here? What's, you know, th- th- these are these are conversations that um, that our society has not been and is not successful at having um, regenerative conversations on these subjects. Right? We're used to tearing. We're used to choosing sides. We're used to creating hierarchy, and and, and there are real reasons for that um, that that, um, um, that we can get into at, at some other point, and that we get in. And that we definitely explore during the teaching. Um, but the first thing um, I root us in is the fact that um, is the unconscious nature of this. We take it from the standpoint of, you know, our unconscious biases are actually attempting to be helpful, right? There is simply a matter. There, in, in many ways, there are attempts to, to, to get us taking shortcuts. Um, you know, they're uh, energy saving. Um, there are brains are uh, oftentimes our amygdala. We talk about the neural um, science of it as well. Um, and, and that kind of fight or flight uh, reptilian, the oldest part of our brain, um, you know, we want to move efficiently, right? And so in trying to move efficiently, we sometimes come up with, with solutions that don't get us to where we want to be. Um, and one thing I root us in is that we're going to start out with the assumption of positive intention, right? Now, when we start getting into negative intention, we're no longer talking about unconscious bias. We're talking about conscious bias. And that and and, and that is that's a whole nother subject, right? So and, and that's what I love about our Lumia community is that everyone is there. And one thing we promote is 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 positivity um, and um and, and positive intention. Yeah. I mean, okay. there's 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 so much to unpack here. Um and you know, I I, there's so many different directions that I want to go in. So let me just frame it and then we can tackle them. Right. So, you know, I I love that she set us up to understand that when we really get down to it, the biases that we experience are a function of memory. And in that way, we are all subjects to the world around us. When I talk about this with students or when I introduce this concept of folks, um, I talk about the way that our, our brain functions like a, a file cabinet or a slideshow where we're constantly observing our reality to see if we have a memory stored mm-hmm. someplace that can help us make sense of that. And the evolutionary quality there is, well, I'd like to eat this berry. If I have a memory mm-hmm. of this berry somewhere in my brain, there's a good chance it didn't kill me the first time. And so I can probably eat it. And so from a very fundamental perspective, you know, 
that's what we're dealing with. Is the berry going to kill me today? And and yeah. we roll through the world with these, you know, 200 million year old, 500 million year old evolutionary traits that don't necessarily serve us in understanding the advanced nuance that takes place in modern society. Um, and then the next piece is, you know, why it is so important to maintain a positive stance in a training space, especially if you're working with bias um, as a coach practitioner, as a trainer. However, you are helping others understand this reality that all humans deal with. Um, and that's because when we allow our brains to tap into positivity for 10 to 20 seconds, we're better able to access our neocortex, our rational brain. And when we sink into negativity, we're subject to our, our limbic brain, which literally narrows the scope of what we can understand. So, you know, another aspect of, of thank you that I have to offer is the way that you run your classroom. And I have um, I have a pull quote for you. Uh, I, you probably have not seen this because it just came through, I think, last week. But one of our students wrote of your class, wow, wow, wow. Kari is grounded, engaging, and unflinching about this important topic. He adeptly engaged us in a difficult conversation with someone who was struggling with the facts. And he was very understanding when different people raised perspectives that were difficult. There were sensitive subjects and experienced ex that were expressed. I felt comfortable and he was a true expert. So kudos. <laughs> kudos. That, that, that is too kind. And, 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 you know, one thing, uh, and I, and I, and I sincerely, sincerely appreciate that. And one thing, if, if, if I may about, cause you said, you said so much and, and what you said was so important. Um, a few things that you said, um, and, and, um, you know, and what you mentioned about kind of like memory, right. And, in our brains. And one thing that sometimes we don't realize is, is a lot of times our relationship with that file cabinet, right. When we go back and we think about, you know, okay, you know, you know, did I eat this berry in the past and did it make me sick? Did it, you know, how did I feel afterwards? A lot of that is unconscious. Our memories are very subjective and, um, I, my, my background is in, is, is in law, right? Um, and, um, in, in so there's study upon study in law that shows the unreliability of eyewitness testimony, right? Mm. That, um, that those subjective memories, especially as time passes, or, or those, excuse me, our memories, especially as time passes, they're, they're highly subjective. Um, and oftentimes incorrect. And we see this play out in the real world when we, um, you know, when, you know, like doing the work of, um, you know, um, Brian Stevenson and, 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 and people like that who work with, you know, people on death row. Um, and, you know, and you see these testimonies that people, you know, they, they, they come across as confident, assured, but in fact, they get it very, very wrong with sometimes dire consequences. So that process is largely unconscious. And in terms of the positivity, the positive regard that you mentioned, Noel, is so important because one of the things that I take with, um, our, our Lumia community when we're discussing this in the classroom setting is the essential need for self-compassion on this journey, right? Mm. Especially when we're finding out things and facts that we may really not enjoy that much, right? 
Um, when we take, um, when we begin to do exercises and assessments um, that give us some insight into where our unconscious biases might lie, you know, oftentimes we find out things we don't necessarily like. We find out things that are in conflict with um, um, the the people and the groups and the positions we ally, sometimes in conflict with our own intersectional identities. Um, one anecdote that I like to share is that Ibram X. Kendi, the Boston University professor and, um, and, and, and quite a well-known writer of, of books like Stamp from the Beginning and How to Be Anti-Racist, took a Harvard Implicit Association test, which is a measurement tool to kind of get insight into your biases. Um, and found that he had biases, unconscious biases, towards African-Americans, right? The person who is the leading scholar in um, anti-racism in the country, uh, right? And so we have to have self-compassion as we go down this journey because it's so easy to see something we don't like and just to hyper-focus on it and, and, and punish ourselves. And that may seem like you know, a right and just thing to do, but actually you're not putting yourself in the position for real and meaningful growth. And as coaches, there is a link between self-compassion and empathy. Mm. Well, as we see our, as we gain awareness of ourselves and our own internal ecosystem, and we see those things that, you know, we kind of want to work out. We want to, we want to, we want to grow. We want to let go of and replant new um, habits and, and mindsets um, that we can grow into and grow with, it's so important that we work towards an individual meaningful goal, individualized meaningful goal, rather than, fight, rather than fight against an undesired state of being. Because in doing that, we also train ourselves to do the same with others. And one of the most precious things we can do as coaches is hold clean space for our clients. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for bringing up um, the process and, and the journey that a coach goes on to first understand that bias is unconscious. We're all subject to it. We all experience it. And then to do the ugly hard work <laughs> to figure out what we need to undo, see, understand and call in in order to truly hold space in accordance with the the standards and ethics of the code of ethics that's you know put forth by the international coaching federation that you know that's right in there that we need to hold an unbiased view um, of whatever our client brings to the table and of our clients mm -hmm. themselves um, and so it's this is part of working as a coach I remember when you told me why you wanted to develop this class and why you wanted to do this work. And you said, um, I believe that this saves lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as your friend, as someone who cares about you, I had trepidation when we launched that sending you into these spaces and sending you into these arenas with a, a friendly audience. Yes, but this was untested. And I was concerned about um, the secondary trauma that you might experience as a black man during a difficult time coming off of the civil rights crisis spurred by the murder of George Floyd. And um, so one of the things that I think has happened is that a lot of people have gotten very interested 
wonderfully interested in doing this work and really, you know, seeking to understand. Can you shed a little bit of light on what it's like to be the one in the room and what it requires of you and what has helped you to keep your shit together? When it's- <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, I appreciate you so much. Um, and, and thank you for, for uh, just your your heart um, and, and, and just the inherent caring nature that you have. And, and you know, um, you know, it, it, it is it's layered. It's, it's really layered. And, you know, the first and foremost, and, and, and you know, you you talk you've talked about this, um, you and John both um, on the on the podcast in the past, and and I think it's so important, you know, for me in terms of my own personal mindset work, um, is grounding myself in uh, in, in in gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually, um, I am grateful for. Um, I embrace the opportunity to share this, to share what um, what I feel, as you said, are skill sets that can literally help us change the world for the better. Um, the individual steps that we take, I, I kind of you know talk about this from a you know from a, a trees and, and and a forest perspective. Right. So the forest is, is perspective is, is just that gratitude, right. For realizing this is what's needed. This is what I, from my experience, from my experience professionally, from my, from my lived experience, having um, lived in and, and, and worked in and, and visited over, you know, 40 different countries. Um, um, this is, um, this is what I'm equipped to do, right. This is, um, this is my legacy. Uh, in terms of sharing, of sharing these type of topics, the the trees view is yes, it can get it. There there is some paths where you go down. You're like, oop, that's not you know okay. This is a little prickly. I'm getting poked. This is, you know, it, it it can be tough. And there are some conversations that um that come up that are challenging. But then it's about reframing that challenge is opportunity. Um, everything that I have been shown. Um, you know, when I, you know, uh, I always say that my journey into connection went from theory to practice um, when I was um, in 1998 and I lived in Beijing, China for six months. Wow. Um, no cell phones. Um, no, there was no Facebook, no anything like that. Um, you know, you, you, you know, I, I had like an hour a day of, of, of email time. Um, and in, in, in that, that, Friction that being confronted with things in a way of life was very different, just as beautiful, just as meaningful, but very different than everything that I knew in my daily life is when I was able to plunge more deeply. I think the key to doing the real work is this combination of friction and nourishment, right? Mm -hmm. Friction alone, and you just kind of you can spiral, right? But when you have that friction, which causes opportunity for you to question. And but it's with that nourishment of the, you're you're still gaining, you're still being fed. Um, you begin to reflect upon things, and I really honor the fact that I can hold that space for someone else. Um, that doesn't have to happen 
with getting on a plane and getting dropped off someplace where you don't know the language and don't know a soul there, right? So it can happen sometimes. It's, it can happen. It can happen at the at the dinner table. I often talk about. Um, you mentioned that this initial conversation between us um, took place in the summer of 2020, um, um, and, and George Floyd, in, in, in the in the wake of George Floyd's murder, and um, and. And it it was it was something that um, that you you, you just we, we realized that same it became so crystal clear and it became so undeniable that we you know even for people who you know put their heads in the sand pie in the sky everything's fine it just became so real um, and more and more people asked this question what can I do what can I do. And often, and we talk about this in the class. Um, um, does does you know having a takeover of your Instagram page help? Uh, it can. Does marching help? Certainly, it can. Does donating money to certain causes help? Yes. But where is our ultimate sphere of control? It's in our relationships. It's in the very institutions and relationships that taught us these thought patterns. So when we really want to create change, we have to go to our own dinner tables. We have to go to our own religious institutions and spiritual institutions. We have to go to our friendships, right? We have to go to our community because that's where our voice is most pronounced. That is where our sphere of influence is strongest. And that's oftentimes where other voices are not heard. And that's why the work is so real. Right. Because it's not just enough to go out and kind of you know, donate money and, you know, and write a Facebook or Instagram post or black out your page. Um, yes, please feel free to do that if you so choose. But ultimately, <laughs> the work um, is proximate. It's in our closest it's in our closest relationships. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, as I was listening to you, what came up for me was really two things. Number one folks listening, as an organizational leader, this is why it is important to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you so they can teach you. Uh, Because in 98, while Kari was observing um, culture through immersion, I was ditching class going to raves. So that's number one. That is a cultural experience. You're true. And, you know, here we are. Um, And then, you know, number two is that it's terrifying to think about having those conversations. And one of the things that coaching and coach training equips you with is the framework and methodology to communicate with folks. Mm -hmm. And so I can't think of a better place to couch this training than um, within, you know, a coaching institute. So thank you. And I'd love to let folks who would like to continue the conversation with you know where to find you. So do you consult? Do you teach for others? Do you coach individuals? What's up? Thank you for that, Noel. And I just want to say that um, you know your expertise and that your um, just frame of reference and your desire to learn and your heart towards it has been so uplifting for me in so many ways. So I so I just I thank you for that, along with Lumia community. Um, but I just want I, I would be remiss if I didn't just mention how how meaningful our friendship was to me um, and so many levels. But that includes 
um, you know, my own personal work and, um, and, and having that, you know, we talk about, I talked about friction and nourishment, um, giving me that nourishment and also providing me newness and new perspectives that give me that friction to go deeper. So thank you for that, Noel. And, um, yeah, for anyone who wants to stay in contact and keep up with me, um, I do, um, coach and consult, um, individuals and organizations. Um, I really love to help professionals transition into careers that have meaning, um, for them. Um, the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, you can just use my name, Kari Hornsby, K-H-A-R-Y, and Hornsby um, at LinkedIn. You can find all the information you need to, to connect with me further. I love having these conversations and love working with people and, 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 and idea sharing, uh, et cetera. So, uh, so, yeah, thank you. I look forward to it. And, and, and I just thank you so much, uh, Noel, and the whole Lumia community and Ritu for organizing this. Uh, so thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And we'll catch you in class. Sounds good, Noel. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.